Hello and welcome to the Pitch Rider podcast. This week we've had an action-packed week from the Champions League draw to Liverpool destroying Bournemouth and Montpellier making their presence known in League League 1. Joining me this week is the Pitch Rider's own Mr Toby Green. Hello, How mate. are we? Very good, very good indeed. It's been a good weekend of football, so yeah, looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, it's been very busy. Um, a lot of goals across the different leagues. Yeah, um, we've been blessed. Yeah, we have. Um, maybe not good for goalkeepers, but their goal, their weekend will come. <laughs> um, should we get straight on to the news segment? So the biggest news coming out of this week is we've had the Champions League group stage confirmed. So the different groups. Quickly go through the different groups. So Group A is Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli and Rangers. Group B is Porto, Atletico Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen and Club Bruges. Group C is Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Inter Milan and... Victoria Pleasant. Uh, Group D is Frankfurt, Tottenham, Sporting Lisbon and Marseille. Group E is AC Milan, Chelsea, FC Salzburg and Dynamo. Okay, is it Dynamo Kiev? No, it's um, Croatian Dynamo. Croatian Dynamo, there you go. Uh, Groups G is Man City, Sevilla, Richard Dortmund and Copenhagen. Group F is Real Madrid, Leipzig, uh, Shakhtar, Donetsk and Celtic. And Group H is PSG, Juventus, Benfica and an Israeli team? Maccabi Haifa. Yes, from Israel. Very, very (laughs) interesting groups. Yeah. What do you think of the the pick out of that draw is, I think, Group C, uh, Bayern, Barca and Inter, Victoria Pleasant as well, to be bullied. But yeah, Yeah. what a matchup. Barca versus Bayern again. Um, Obviously, Barcelona missed out last year on the, the tournament. And uh, not too long ago, they lost 8-2 to, to Bayern Munich. Uh, so that'd be a good matchup. And Inter Milan as well. Uh, they've been quite good recently in, in the in the domestic league. So it'd be interesting to see how well they can do in this Champions League season. But yeah, what do you think? What do you think as a Chelsea fan of your group? Yeah, I think as a Chelsea fan, the only real hard team we've got is AC Milan and pretty sure once we're very once we're more sort of comfortable with the players and our starting lineup we could settle in and we could easily win that group um but i mean yeah elsewhere psg juventus looks a good match up mm. um especially if juventus decide to turn up but you would expect psg to basically win that group yes i agree with you that one yeah liverpool's That's... group sounds quite interesting as well with napoli as well and ajax and also rangers and no club really wants to go to to play like a team like Rangers with their home crowd, a bit similar to Celtic as well. Um, probably a decade ago now, Celtic played Barcelona and, and beat them at home, one 0 So yeah, it's always difficult to go to those those Scottish clubs with a fierce fan base. Yeah, Man City have got Dortmund in their group, which was a match up from last season. Um, obviously, Ellen Haaland is on the opposite team this time, so um, you'd expect Man City to dominate them and this group um, and just mm. ease, breeze for you. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be interesting, especially Group C. Yeah, it's going to be big matchups from day one. Yeah, and you know, I don't really have a, a, a 
horse in this race, but I'm going to, you know, find a lot of enjoyment watching these matchups. Um, there's a lot of teams that, you know, you might not even expect to be there. Rangers being the first time in, I don't know how long, maybe 10 years or so that they've been in there. Same with Celtic. It's been a while. And uh, yeah, very interesting to watch this uh, come around soon. I'm not sure when the first fixture is due, but I believe it's probably middle of September. Yeah, I think in a few weeks. Yeah, no, it's actually next week, 6th and 7th of September, match day one. Oh, lovely. So, yeah, I think it's a shorter week, shorter. Um, I think it's only nine weeks rather than the 12 weeks. So mm, if you it'd be coming thick and fast because of the upcoming World Cup. But yeah, yes, um, elsewhere we've had the Europa and Europa Conference Leagues, which you're going to take us through quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in Group A, we've got Arsenal, PSV Eindhoven, Bodo Glimt and FC Zurich. Uh, in Group B, Dynamo Kiev, Stad Rene, Fenerbahce and AEK Larnica from Cyprus. C, in Group C, it's AS Roma, Ludogorets, Raubatis and Helsinki. In Group D is Braga, Malmo, Union Berlin, and Union Saint-Juar. Two unions there. Uh, in Group E, we've got United, Real Sociedad, Sheriff Tiramisul, and Omonel from Cyprus as well. Uh, in F, Lazio, Feyenoord, Micheland, Sturmgratz. In G, Olympiakos, Karabag, Freiburg, Nantes. And in H, Svensa Svetsta, uh, AS Monaco, Ferencavos, and Trabonspor. So yeah, whenever you go and look at Europa League, you always think it's a bit of a geography lesson. Just wait till you get to Europa League conference, and that's that's a real education right there. But yeah, in, in terms of uh, I guess the favourites, which would probably be Arsenal, uh, United, and maybe Roma uh, to an extent. Um, interesting lineups. Uh, Arsenal against PSV, that might be a tough test, but uh, they should sort of walk that group. And United uh, got Sociedad, and obviously Sheriff, who uh, were in the Champo last year and uh, beat Real Madrid at home. So it might be a slight, uh, I wouldn't say it's a tough draw, but yeah, Sociedad might put up a good fight. And uh, for Roma, uh, I guess Betis would be their nearest competitor in that, in that particular group. What do you think, Joe? Any team stands out? Um, I, th- I think you're going to have to give it to United and Arsenal to try and progress well in this competition. Um, obviously, United have dropped down from the Champions League compared to last season, and Arsenal weren't in any European competitions. So it be interesting to see how these two teams get on. Um, yeah, and I believe they both got very far last time they were in this competition. Um, United even get to the final. So it'd be interesting to see whether it can be an English team that wins it or whether it's going to be Roma coming up from the Conference League when they won it last season. Or is it going to be something where an unknown team, which is probably not favourites, going to win it? So it's going to be an interesting... Yeah, and you've got to remember as well the, the teams from the Champions League that will get knocked down into this competition... They pretty much always must become one of the favourites, um, depending on who it is. But yeah, there's a lot of quality that will, will eventually bleed into this this competition as well. So 
yeah, it'd be interesting to see who comes down. <clears throat> I also think an interesting one to look out for is Union Berlin against Union saint July, the, the Belgian team. Both of those teams have sort of been up and coming recently. Uh, Union won their were champions in the um, sort of standard uh, league. They didn't win the overall in the, sort of the playoffs in the weird sort of system Belgium have. And obviously Union Berlin have been on quite a good rise, fan-owned club. Um, so yeah, interesting matchup between those two. And obviously uh, Freiburg as well, of course, soft spot in my heart, Freiburg. So hopefully they do well. Got to the final of the Deutsche Pokal last year, losing to Leipzig. So hopefully this is their year. Um, and we can take a look at the conference if you like. Yeah, let's <clears throat> take a quick look and pick out your more, I suppose, West Ham's group probably can be interesting. Yeah, West Ham, we've got FCSB, which are a team from Bucharest. Um, they've got Andelect and Silksborg from Norway, I believe. They should win that, I think, comfortably. Andelect might put up a bit of a challenge for them, but generally they should win that. Um, I think one of the main contenders will be Villarreal in Group C. Um, obviously, they won the Europa League recently. Um, yeah, and they've got like a reasonably easy group with Lech Poznan, Austria, Vienne, and Beersheba from Israel. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's much quality in here. You obviously got Fiorentina and Istanbul, Mashik Shahir, um, Isaac Alkmaar. I mean, you've got Nice as well. You've got some, a few teams, but you've also got some really random teams, teams that even I haven't heard of, like Balakani, Punic, Zalagiris, FRS. No idea, to be honest, about any of those. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who can win this. West Ham probably be favourites. Villarreal up there too. Um, maybe Fiorentina. Now they got Jovic uh, up front. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, this competition sort of heats up as it goes. So the further you get into this competition, the more quality drips down from Europa. And yeah, it's going to be... Most people seem to pick it up near semi-finals, quarterfinals. So, but it would be... It's a good competition to watch if you uh, want something different to Europa League. Um, learn a few different names. And some of these players might even end up in these Champions League teams because they can scout them a bit easier by watching the games because they're yeah. probably more local to them that's a very good point actually it's a good opportunity to for teams to showcase their abilities and their the players that they have um especially for the, the smaller teams it's almost like putting them into the shot window so you know if they get a sale or two out of, of this obviously they get prize money as well for progressing it's a it can be a big thing for for the smaller teams so all the best to them in this competition. Definitely. Um, elsewhere in England, we had the second round of the EFL Cup, which has led to the third round being drawn, which is where a lot of people do pick this competition up um, as all the big teams come in. So just pick out some of the more interesting draws. Um, probably the one everyone's been talking about is Man City versus Chelsea quite early to be drawn City um, mm. and yeah it's going to be a big test for Chelsea to see if they can match up and then Man City don't have a very good well they love this competition but losing out last time to Liverpool um, and Chelsea were in the final last season so can lose a big team early but whether this would be one Man City might just 
more wanna lose and focus on Champions League. Be interesting. Yeah, good tie that one. Looking forward to watching that. Eighth of November, I believe. And you guys have got Villa as well. We always yeah. seem to draw Villa. Um yeah. Not doing too well at the moment with Gerard in, in charge. I think a lot of fans are feeling a bit um not hatred, but you know, distaste towards him with the form Villa have got at the moment. So, you know, he'll have to step up his form, uh, particularly in the league, because there's a lot of ink reporting going on at, at Villa. But yeah, interesting yeah. matchup. There's a few elsewhere. You've got Arsenal, Brighton, uh, Newcastle, Palace, Nottingham Forest, Tottenham. Um, yeah, they're probably the biggest. Wolves, Leeds, uh, Bournemouth, Everton. It's quite interesting matchups for a, a third round of this cup. It's quite, it's, don't know whether they, it's been fixed to make it a bit more interesting because this is a cup not many people care about. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. I mean, there's a, I'm trying to see if there's any sort of lower league teams left in it. And there's a few that are Crawley, they're in it, they're playing Burnley, Newport are playing Leicester. Stevenage versus Stevenage. Charlton. Yeah. You always like to see smaller teams sort of progress in this competition. So, yeah, we'll see if there's like a, a giant killer coming along. Should we move on to the Premier League where we've had a lot of action? Um, I'll quickly run through the games that happened this weekend, starting with Manchester United versus Southampton. Bruno Fernandes scores to give United their second lot of third points at three points. Um, Everton-Brentford ended up 1-0. Brighton beat Leeds United 1-0. Chelsea beat Leeds Leicester City 2-1. Liverpool thrashed Bournemouth 9-0, equaling the Premier League record. Man City came back from 2-0 down to win 4-2. Arsenal beat Fulham 2-1. Um, Aston Villa lost to West Ham 1-0. Newcastle Wolves ended 1-0. And Tottenham Forest was 2-0 to Tottenham. Where should we start? I think Liverpool's probably the bet. Yeah, let's go there. Might as well. I mean, it's the big one. And uh, I'm just surprised that it wasn't Southampton on the the other side of this 9-0 defeat for once. So, yeah, bit of a mix-up. But, yeah, interesting game. You can just totally see how the difference in quality between Liverpool, who admittedly haven't had the best starts to the season. I think it was the, the worst season, start to the season in 40-odd in years. Um, but you can see the real difference in quality between Liverpool, who should be title uh, contenders, and Bournemouth, who are a, a championship team at best. Um, from the very get-go, Liverpool were attacking and Bournemouth had... Um, no answers, and like, I think that they're, they're definitely favourites to go down Bournemouth. I think we said that prior to the season kicking off. But if you don't strengthen at all and bring in any Premier League quality, this is what happens. And I can't see it getting any better, to be honest, for, for Bournemouth. Um, they they really lack in any sort of Premier League quality, particularly in defence. Uh, actually, throughout the whole team. But you know, you've got to give credit to Liverpool on this one. Absolutely dominant. I want to say, in particular, to Roberto Firmino, had a phenomenal game. Two goals and three assists, dominant. You know, 
earlier on in the in the window there were reports maybe he'd be off to Juventus, but it just shows how important he is still as a player, how much he can impact games. Um, yeah, and uh, you know a lot of things said about the Liverpool midfield recently, how maybe the balance was a little bit off with having Henderson, Elliot, and and Milner, but now they brought in Fabinho, definitely helps to show up their midfield. Um, and generally, they, they just played really well in the whole game. Uh, it was nice to see Carvalho as well coming on and getting a goal, the youngster. Yeah, the only thing I want to mention is the Bournemouth keeper. He didn't really do anything wrong. He was just beaten nine times, Yeah, which normally in these sort of it is sometimes the keeper's mistake. But yeah, he didn't seem to do anything wrong, um, which is quite surprising for when you come 9-0 down and maybe if he did make a few errors it could have been even more yeah I agree but then that just shows that it's the whole team the whole collective that is is the issue and then afterwards you saw Scott Parker looking incredibly dejected yeah he said basically it was the most painful day of his career and uh, unless they had the quality uh, his side would be Premier League fodder and which which is true um they need to be back. They need to bring in players. And then they brought in Marco, uh, Marco Sensi from Feyenoord, the Argentinian centre-back. But really, they did most of their spending last season to sort of get pushed up into the Premier League. Uh, I don't know how much money they have now to, to upgrade the, the team. But it must be worrying for Bournemouth fans. It's going to be an interesting season. But yeah, I think I think most people said that last season that they weren't, they were probably the top of the championship but yeah and they didn't have a Premier League team near the end and they would need to make signings and doesn't look like they've done that especially with only a few days left in the transfer window mm. yes it's, um, yeah not looking good and uh, I know me and you had a little bit prior to the, the start of the, the Premier League um, beginning we were betting on who's uh, which manager is going to be sacked first I went for Lampard and you went for for Parker, um, mm. maybe your bet was a little bit more sensible now looking back. But who knows? Maybe the uh, ambitions of Bournemouth. Well, obviously the ambitions of Bournemouth would be just just to survive in the league. So you never know. There's a long way to go, and uh, they might still achieve that. But yeah, yeah. Just just on your point there with the um, the mm. of the uh, managers like going to get sacked um it's probably the favorite at the moment it's probably gerard i believe mm, i'm with you with that it does seem very likely that well i wouldn't say very likely he's going to get sacked but yeah the, the way that he's his team's been performing especially after how much they've been backed in the window i know they lost diego diego carlos uh, it's quite a bad injury they're starting center back uh, but regardless of that they just do have a lot of players of quality and they should be a lot higher up than they actually are so yeah We'll see if uh, Jared gets the gets the chop. The um, next game I want to mention in the Premier League is the Man City Palace game. It looked like it was going the same way as it did last season. Palace getting two nils, two nil victory, um, mm. and went they went two nil up in the first half, during from Stones' own goal and a goal from Anderson. Um, but yeah, Man City just came out second half, different team. Scored four goals. Haaland getting a hat trick, first Premier League hat trick for him. And yeah, first goals that they had. Yeah, crazy game. Uh, I was so shocked at halftime just seeing it. 
um, the result. I think Joachim Anderson looks like a phenomenal centre-back and what a signing he has been for the club. Um, obviously, you've got um, Nunes sent off as well, so he looks like a right hand for both ends of the pitch. But yeah, obviously, City's quality is, is immense. Um, I think, you know, aside from Haaland, who did phenomenal role, Bernardo Silva was excellent. You know, he's the one who sort of kick-started the, the comeback. Um, it looked like a real um, spark that he brought. And obviously, Haaland, we know his qualities. I did say in the, uh, one of the other podcasts that we did that he's maybe slightly limited in this sort of build-up play and, you know, what he can bring to the team sort of um, as a whole. But, you know, what he specialises in is putting the ball in the back of the net. And there's no, very few players at the moment who are better than him. And if you can you know, score hat-tricks like this, I don't think it really matters too much how many touches, how many passes he gets. Um, yeah, good result for for City. Uh, City have never won, actually, a game that they've been 2-0 down at half-time. So, yeah, another good record for for Guardiola. Um, and last thing I want to mention about Premier League is something that's probably got you got a smile on your face. Man United's turnaround. Um since we last recorded this, they, you've got your 2-0 victory, 2-1 victory against Liverpool, and then you've got your 1-0 victory against uh, Southampton, which now gives you six points and moves you eighth in the league, so you're back in the top half um, mm. after many people have doubted United. Well, I would say in this particular game, uh, Southampton were really good. Um, and if they had the ability to finish, it probably would have been a different scoreline. Uh, I thought Bello Chotchap, the German centre-back that they brought from Bochum, was phenomenal. Uh, he actually had quite a good few runs for a centre-back and a few opportunities to shoot, but uh, unfortunately missed. Um, but the goal that uh, United did score was a beautiful team goal um, involving like Alanga and Dello, uh, who crossed it to Bruno Fernandes, who, who took it on the volley. Um, straight into the bottom left corner, uh, phenomenal game, uh, it's a phenomenal goal. And uh, Casemiro came on in the 80th minute, so it was nice to see him. Um, and uh, yeah, it's sort of a sign of what is to, to come. Obviously, he'll be a starter probably in the next game. So, um, in this particular game, United had the majority of the possession overall, but you know, the times were a little bit all over the shop. So it'd be nice to see Casemiro come in and, and uh, sort of put in some control. Uh, just in terms of uh, Southampton, though, they almost got a bicey, the dying ends. Sekou Mara, uh, the French 20-year-old striker, came on and almost got a wonder goal. Uh, it was cleared off the line. He looks like a, an interesting player to watch out for. But I, I think in terms of Southampton season, yes, they did invest a lot in youth, but their youth's playing pretty, pretty well at the moment. Romeo Lavia from uh, City uh, did really well in the field. And also Gavin Bazunu, uh, the Irish keeper they brought from also City, who had a great loan spell at Middlesbrough last season. He made, uh, I think, three or four ph- phenomenal saves. There was one point where United were on attack and um, they had um, like four shots cleared, um, either by blocks or saves. So there is resilience in this Southampton team, and I don't think they'll be. Um, surefire team to sort of be relegated. I think they will put up a good fight. And if they can really um, sort of click, um, particularly in the scoring department, I think I think they'll be okay this year. And I think they'll stay up. 
but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a long season for them. Um, but yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, I think they're. Pre- I think they're going to be safe this season. Um, there's a few other teams that look like they're going to go down, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It's still a long season, and as we have mentioned, there is a World Cup as well, mm. so it could all turn around this time in six months. So keep tuned, and we'll keep you updated. Elsewhere in Europe, we've got the Bundesliga. So it's been a few good matchups in the Bundesliga this weekend, um, especially Bayern, Bayern Munich versus Borussia Mönchengladbach, which I believe was the old classica. Yeah, it's one of the most historic uh, matchups in, in the Bundesliga. Um, Bayern Munich against the Foles, as they're known. Um, yeah, very interesting game. It looks like Bayern had a lot of opportunities and chances. However, Gladbach had someone called Jan Sommer who broke the record for most amount of saves in a game with 19 saves, quite literally saving the team from a defeat. But 19 saves, that's insane. Um, and, you know, in, in the window, which is still going on, um, earlier on in the window, he was linked to a move to, to United to become sort of their backup rotation keeper. So, yeah, you can see how much quality he has. And, uh, yeah, phenomenal record, uh, phenomenal achievement for him. Uh, and they, they ended up uh, getting a one-all draw with uh, the Bavarian club. Uh, Lino Isane got the goal and Marcus Turan got the goal for, for Gladbach. Yeah, yeah, and it stopped um, Bayern Munich in their, in their wake. And, yeah, I believe Mane had a goal ruled off for offside. I as think well. he had two, actually. Two ruled off two. for offside. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Shakes up the Bundesliga a little bit in this. Yeah. Um, at the moment, it's Union really Berlin top with Bayern Munich, both on 10 points. Uh, after Union Berlin won 6 1 against Schalke, uh, and obviously Union lost their main attacker, the sort of their, their best player this season to Nottingham Forest, Ayuni. Um, but it doesn't look like they've been affected at all. Um, quite dominant, obviously quite dominant 6-1 victory. Gerardo Becker as well, the Suriname striker, four goals, two assists in four games. <clears throat> and I think I mentioned before, Jordan Piatek, uh, he's been in incredible form as well for the club. So yeah, interesting. But maybe not like a title contenders, but you know, who, have, who knows? It'd be very nice to see another team uh, compete against Bayern Munich for this for the Bundesliga title. Well, Union Berlin are now in Europe, I believe. Is it your Conference League? No, uh, Europa League. Europa League, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how they do this season. Yes, absolutely. Obviously, they're fan-owned as well. So, you know, all the credit to them on their sort of a rise up through the ranks. Their, their fans actually built their own stadium with manual labour and uh, they all volunteered to do that because they needed to up the capacity when they got into the, I think it was the second division at the time. So, yeah, amazing story behind the club. And uh, uh, on the same day, Bayer Leverkusen um, broke their duck. At the, they had won a game in four games, uh, three games, uh, and in their fourth go, they're trying. They won 3-0. Got two red cards in the game, though. <laughs> uh, it happens. 
Uh, two of their goals came from Jerome Frimpong, uh, who formerly was a Celtic uh, player. He's a, a, a wing back. But yeah, they've been absolutely awful this year. So even with the two red cards, I think they'll be happy with getting the, getting the results. And uh, yeah. also, I want to just mention my Ballon d'Or contender, Christopher Nkuku. He's having a great start to the season. Yes, again, four games, four goals. Love the guy. Will, will you love him when he's rumoured to come to Chelsea next season? Time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. Elsewhere, you've got, um, you had Werder Bremen versus Frankfurt, which ended 4-3. Um, Frankfurt Gerson went, scored. yeah, he scored the first goal to put Frankfurt in head ahead. And then uh, Werder Bremen scored two, so it was 2-1, two uh, sorry. And then, yeah, Frankfurt scored another three goals. So it was looking like a 4-2 defeat. And then Werder Bremen got a penalty in last minute and scored it, which was a nice penalty, actually. Pretty com- composed. And yeah, ended 4-3. Very end-to-end game, this. Um, either, game, either team could have won this, but went Frankfurt's way in the end. Mm. And obviously Werder Bremen... Last season, we're in the second division alongside Schalke, so back up in the top division now uh, with a real fight on their hands. And I'm lucky to sort of come away with, with zero points from that game. Yeah, yeah, they were, unfortunately. In the Serie A over in Italy, we had some Friday night football for... Um, Inter Milan versus Lazio. Uh, Lazio won this 3-1, which was a big shake-up for an Inter Milan side that have strengthened well and were they're still title favourites. But yeah, Lazio, a team not many people would have had in this fight, um, yeah, have done Inter Milan, which I believe they did them last year as well. Yeah, they're, they're, I agree with you. They're not really um, title, title contenders, Lazio, traditionally, or what well, in recent years, I should say. Um, but they definitely have a good squad. They've got Chiro Immobile, who is a chronic goal scorer. Uh, they brought in Robek Noli, uh, the centre-half from um, AC Milan, uh, where he was captain for a few years. Um, so, yeah, they've got a good side, to be honest. And obviously, Felipe Anderson, of former, formerly of West Ham fame, scored for them. And uh, Pedro, of formerly of Chelsea fame, and Alberto that, was a, as well. that was a very nice goal Pedro scored um, to make it 3-1. Came on as a sub and scoring. So still nice to see him doing well. 35 years old. Hmm. Still got it. But in Italy, everybody ages at half speed. So he's actually 29. But yeah, it's still early days in Serie A. There's a long way to go. But it looks very even to be honest. Top six teams all on seven points. Um after three games. So, yeah, interesting to watch out for. I know uh, on Saturday, Juventus played Roma, which was a one-all draw. Vlavic scored. Abraham scored uh, in a matchup, which seemed quite like a um, a friendly encounter between Allegri and Mourinho. They went off the pitch at the end of the game with a, a warm embrace, which is nice to see after the quite vicious... Uh, scenario that we saw between Tuchel and Conte. Um, but yeah, 
looking forward to watch Roma. I think most people are well, looking forward to watch Roma this year in Serie A and see if they can really challenge. They've had a grid window, bringing in Dybala, uh, Matic, and a few other players. Yeah, good result, yeah. I guess for them. Yeah, but it's um, yeah, that game. It's quite an early game to have this sort of fixture because you you always put um, Juventus up the top in the fight for. Syria and also Roma are up there now as well, um, making their comeback under Mourinho. So yeah, it was quite a big game, and for it to end one all, it was yeah, it looked like it was fair result for both teams actually. Mm, in Syria, you got a lot of teams who could in theory win the win the league: Napoli, Milan, uh, Juve, Inter. Maybe on the side, Roma, Lazio, and Atalanta. Or... All have the capabilities to do so. Obviously, it's a long season. Who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, it's definitely a good, mm. good league to watch out for. And then, uh, and then uh, AC Milan won 2 0 against Bologna as well. Uh, their new signing, Charles de Ketlier, hasn't really done too much in terms of like, uh, statistics wise and, and goals and assists. He's only got one assist in three games, but just watching him, he looks like a real handful. He's like yeah. ridiculously tall. Plays as a second striker, good good on his feet, and you know has the ability to bully defenders. So one to watch out for, particularly in the Chelsea game against uh, AC Milan, and the return of Oliver Giroud uh, to Stamford Bridge. Yes, and if he plays, I'm not sure if he's fit at the moment, but yeah, that'd be an interesting mix-up. Yeah, it will be. And. Um- should we move on to Liga One? Liga One. Quite a shock. Montpellier versus Bresk ended 7 0, which was quite an entertaining game. But um, yeah, Brest looked like a Bournemouth in this tie. Uh, Montpellier making their mark in the league, um, now moving up to eighth. Uh, I don't think they will be in contention for the top, but yeah, it's quite. Surprising result for maybe two mid-table teams, would you say? Uh, yeah, Montpellier definitely is a mid-table team. Brest is um, lower table team. <laughs> uh, but obviously, you know, you've got Wabi Kazri of formerly of Sunderland. Probably the most recognisable name there. Um, but yeah, big result for, for the team from Montpellier. I think about 10 years ago, Montpellier won the league with a young... Olivier Giroud up front. Mm. Um, <clears throat> time hasn't been too kind on the on the team or French football for that matter, to be honest. Um, yeah, and PSG played Monaco, one all draw. Neymar got the penalty. Volland got the other goal. It's quite funny. Yeah, um, early on in the game, Volland gave Neymar a push, and then Neymar absolutely pushed Volland over right in front of the ref. And uh, they both got a yellow card, even though it was incredibly cynical, particularly from Neymar in that scenario. Um, yeah, it's the kind of flowery character he is. And then he acts like the victim. Once he pushed someone over, he's like, what, me? But yeah, yeah. Po- uh, points dropped for, for PSG is, uh, I wouldn't say it's dire, but it's it's really not great for them. Um, they're level on points with a Marseille and uh, Racing Club Lons, um, all on 10 points at the top of the table after four games at the moment. Yeah, it's going to be. It's it'd be nice for that league to be a bit closer. Um, a lot of people don't really watch this league just because it's PSG dominance. But there is 
Sparks somewhere sometimes. Um, it is Monaco have won it recently. Lille won it recently. So it's becoming more of a even league, not just dominated by one team. But yeah, it, needs, uh, it still needs a few more teams to be able to compete with like even Serie A. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say the Premier League because the Premier League is a different kettle of fish at the moment to every single league. So, yeah, <clears throat> I do want to mention Marseille quickly. Uh, certain Alexis Sanchez got a brace in their 3 0 win against Nice on the Nice team was a certain Nicolas Pepe, a 70, 70 million pound winger. Uh, obviously, we know how well he did at Arsenal. It's only on loan, but two former Arsenal players. Uh, playing against each other, uh, ended three 0 to Marseille. Also, also uh, Nuno Tabres on loan from Arsenal to Marseille, and they got actually. Look at it now, Klasiak, former Arsenal player, Gwendouzi, former Arsenal player, a whole bloody team of former Arsenal players. Uh, but the star man, obviously, for for Marseille uh, for now and going forward, is a certain Eric Eric Bailly. Loaned out to Marseille with a ten million pound buyout clause. So yeah, I think this is the last we've seen of Eric in the Premier League. We didn't see much of him; he was injured half the time. But sign our Eric. Yes, move over to Spain and La Liga. Um, yeah, Barcelona and Real Madrid seem to be back to winning ways, and yeah, Barcelona. Uh, whatever's happening off the pitch, they still can get the results on the pitch. With, I believe it was like a 4 0 victory. Yeah, it was a 4 0 victory. Uh, I watched the game actually. It was quite an interesting game uh, against Real Valladolid. Valladolid is never really a team that you would think would challenge um, Barcelona. Um, to be honest, they didn't do too much. But yeah, it was a good team effort from, from Barcelona. The amount of quality that they had um, on the pitch and on the bench was astounding. I thought Rafinha um, was excellent. It's also um, Sume Dembele. Um, obviously, he came for about 120 million, or actually maybe it was more than that. A lot of money, and everybody wrote him off. Um, but he looks like he's starting to uh, find some form after his terrific, um, sorry, terrible injury. Um, but there's so much skill and dyn- dynamism on the wings that they bring. Landowski had a good game, scored two goals, and the second goal he scored was. One of the most uh, like unusual goals I've seen, running straight at the keeper and somehow back-heeled it, um, even though he's facing the goal. That makes sense. It's one to watch mm-hmm. um, and sort of roll past the keeper. Um, and obviously, they've uh, been able to register Jules Kunde. I don't think that was too much of an issue in the end. But yeah, the whole quality uh, in the Barcelona team is, is phenomenal. But I was just watching the game and thinking <clears throat> there's not really much pressure on the team by Valladolid. Nobody was pressing, really. They were just sitting back. Barcelona could walk around the pitch half the time. It, it is like not the best preparation for Champions League um, playing sort of this style of football. It is, you know, when they when they play, come against like Barcelona and Atletico, that is when we'll really see how good um, Barcelona is out tactically astute Xavi is. Um, mm. Yeah, I think there's still question marks around the team. Yeah, yeah, I think they're, they're 
remind me a bit of United, where they've got a lot of individual players and whether they'll be able to come together and actually do well against big teams it's gonna it's gonna take time to see um obviously last year and they got dropped out of the uh, champions league and didn't go on to win europa so it will we'll see if they're still there and whether this whatever's happening off the pitch will have an effect on how they go forward uh, but yeah, their main title rivals, Real Madrid, won a 3-1 over Espanyol with Vinicius Junior scoring and then Benzema getting two. Yep, good result for the, for the team. Obviously, they lost Casemiro, but there's so much quality in midfield. Chiumeni and Camavinga, French, uh, France's uh, midfield sort of powering for the next 10 years or so. So shouldn't be an issue. I think I think Rudiger settled in really well at the club. Um, he's you know he's up to his usual antics of, sort of running down the pitch half the time and trying to dominate um, attackers. Um, I think that's quite a good signing to be honest. And he's linked up quite well with Alaba in defence. Alaba's been pushed out sometimes to, to left back, but obviously he's incredibly versatile and quite um, quite good quality in any position he plays. So it's not really an issue to them. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting. Um, season in La Liga. Uh, at the moment, Atletico haven't had the best start. They lost 2 0 to Villarreal, which is a little bit of a shock to the team. I know they got a few key injuries and they ended up playing Axel Witzel as centre back, who I don't think anybody would have expected at the start of the season. But yeah, interesting for them. I'm sure they'll be able to turn around their form with the quality they have on, on the pitch. Be one to watch, and we'll definitely keep you updated on the podcast. Um, should we move on to transfers? Yeah, let's do it. So as we wrap up this podcast, um, also is the coming to the end of the transfer window from the 1st of September. No transfers will be made, but that won't stop some few big transfers going through, um, especially in Newcastle. They have signed Isaac from Real Sociedad mm. for... I believe sixty-two million, which is their record fee. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, Alexander Isaac is a a quite a tall, uh, imposing figure, six foot two or six foot three, um, who's played for the likes of Villain two in the Netherlands, Borussia Dortmund, and uh, more recently Raus Sociedad. Um, he's a really good player, actually. Um, he gets a goal, maybe one in two point five games. Um, I think he'd be a good fit for for the Premier League with his physicality. He's not a slow player either. It's a lot of money, but I think it's quite a good investment. They needed um, a bit of strengthening up top Newcastle. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching him play actually in the, in the Premier League. Um, yeah, yeah, he's got all the, the the right qualities and physical attributes to to succeed and be a, a good player. Yeah, we might see him in the midweek games. Um, he's he's probably now with the Newcastle squad. I don't believe he's played at the weekend, but yeah, fifth round of the Premier League is played midweek, Tuesday and Wednesday. So it will be, yeah, might be the first chance to see him. So we'll definitely keep you updated on how well he starts. Um, Elsewhere, Nicholas Pepe, as we've mentioned, has gone on loan from Arsenal to Nice. 
Um, Emerson has left Chelsea for a reported £15 million fee to go to West Ham. It's quite a good sign-in backup for West Ham. Yeah, I think it'd be rotation for, for Cresswell. Cresswell's getting on a little bit. Still a decent player, but yeah, Emerson has had a good season at Leon uh, Rubber. Um, uh, yeah, good sign. Well, not bad for you either for him. No, no, it's um, especially as now we've got we had four left backs, so yeah, well, yeah. technically five if you include Baba Rahman that's still at the club. Um, on, yeah, unfortunately, and um, Redin, Redin, I believe, is sniffing around him, but yeah, no formal bid has been made. I think they've sniffed around him for two years, haven't they? They've had everyone yeah. for two years or so, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe we mentioned last week Deli Ali off to Turkey has now been fin- finalised and he is now a Pesiktas player. So we'll see if he can kickstart his career again. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't hold up much hope. Neil Mope has joined Everton from Brighton. Everton have striking issues. Um, will Neil Mope solve those issues? Absolutely not, but it's better to have a shit striker than no striker at all, isn't it? The thing with Mope is that he'll run around and he'll he'll, <laughs> he'll run around, which is more than what Rondon has done. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he'll get five to ten goals. Um, not a bad sign, to be honest. With the you know the difficulty of getting a top striker, sometimes you've got to just sort of get whoever you can, and you know the injury. Um, injuries that Everton have had at the moment yeah it makes sense to just pick up somebody like Mopey Nottingham Forest I believe is have made a signing which is not a shock to anyone that listens to this podcast um, I believe this is like their 18th 19th signing of the window mm. um, Atletico, full, Atletico Madrid's full back um, Lod- Lodri Lodi? Renan Lodi yeah the Brazilian left back it's a 5 million uh, Euro loan uh, with a 30 million option to buy, which I don't think they'll be really taking off. He is a good quality left back, though. Um, I would never have guessed him go to, you know, from a Champions League winning, not winning, Champions League uh, playing team to to, to Forest. Um, but yeah, all the best to him. They also just signed uh, Willy Bolly as well from from Wolves, taking up to 19 uh, transfers this window. Madness. Yes. Um... But it seems to be working at the moment. 14th in the league. Um, I mean, they've had a few. They looked okay in certain games, and then they've looked shaky. So, we see it's it'll be time will tell. See how well they do, and whether mm. making all these signings was the correct decision. Well, sure, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> for the neutral. Um, as again, a rolling theme is Wesley Fofana to Chelsea. Um, but this is actually making progress for once rather than stalling. Chelsea making a bid and it getting rejected. I believe reported around 70 million. I believe 70 million pounds, pounds has been agreed um, plus add-ons. Um, I believe he is currently in America as of recording this, having his medical um, under Bowley. Um, uh, won't be available, I believe, for Chelsea's game tomorrow, but he will potentially be available for the game against a game at the weekend um but yeah in southampton yeah southampton is tuesday oh, okay yeah big money 
not quite eclipsing the, the money spent on Maguire to be the most expensive centre-back, but I think it's going to rise to about £75 million in total, which is a lot of money. He's a young player, though, with a lot of potential. Um, and I think, you know, the amount of money that is becoming the norm to spend on players like this is... Yeah, it's, it's going crazy to be honest. 70 million is probably like the, the old 30 million or so. But yeah, Leicester didn't want to sell him for anything less, which is well over in their rights. Uh, he's a great asset for the club. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he transitions to from a four to a three at the back if they, they do play that with him, which I'm sure Chelsea will. Um, but he's got all the qualities that you'd expect um, from a you know, promising centre back, you know, pacey, intelligent. Um, not exactly the final product yet. Um, still got a lot of development to do, but yeah, uh, a good signing, I think. United are splashing big money on Ajax winger Antonio. Anthony. Um, this seemed to be off and then on and then off, and now looks to be back on. Um, believe you have agreed a fee as well. That's that yeah. same price as Fafana. <clears throat> Uh, it's a little bit more. It's about eighty million pounds uh, with add-ons, so about five million, uh, which does mean it will be a hundred million euros, um, making him the second most expensive player United have ever saw. Actually, no, the joint second most expensive player alongside Maguire. Um, obviously, Pogba is the highest um, transfer fees spent. Um, there's a lot of money on a player who's. I guess a little bit like Fofana, he's incredibly talented, but not quite the final product yet, which you would expect from someone who's, who's only 22 in his case. Um, he's a right winger who's uh, left-footed, got a lot of tricks and skills. Obviously Brazilian, playing for Ajax, which sort of ticks a lot of you know, the, the bills um, for the you know, club's transfer policy. I feel like, uh, well, a lot of... Uh, Eredivisie fans have been saying that, you know, he's not really quite there yet and probably deserves another year in, at Ajax to develop a little bit further. But they say that about most products coming through the system there. And um, sometimes you've got to just bite the bullet. And it's a lot of money. But what we really needed, it, to be honest, we, with him coming in and playing the right mid spot, it means that Sancho can go to his more uh, comfortable left wing spot where he can cut it on his right. And Anthony can cut in on his left. We just need somebody in the middle to sort of, I don't know, connect the play, I guess. We need a striker who's able to do that. I guess Rashford would be the standard for now and Marshall when he comes back from injury. But we need someone who's a little bit more clinical. Maybe you can um, work the play off him a little bit more. So, you know, there's been some question marks about uh, Depay and Aubameyang. Um, but, you know, that's we have to see about that. But yeah, Anthony, just, yeah, it, it's a, a real statement of intent from the club. Um, back in the manager, spent a lot of money this window. Um, I think over two hundred million pounds worth from Casemiro, Malasia, uh, Anthony. Um, so yeah, I think it will work out. Uh, I hope it works out, and it'll be but interesting to watch him play in the Premier League. The only thing I would say is there's been a few players that have come over from Holland, um, and yeah, don't always seem to do very. Well, um, names of Zayic and Van der Beek both ring a bell. Um, yeah, I mean, you either get a, a, a Luis Suarez or a Janssen from, from Spurs. So it's one or the other. Um, 
But I guess, you know, he, he's been playing at the best club in the league and he's also played um, a lot of games for for uh, Brazil. I think it's uh, nine or ten now. Um, being quite young, that's quite impressive. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't know if we'll be playing anytime soon, maybe on the weekend, but yeah. One definitely we'll yeah. watch out for. Yeah, definitely. And is there any transfers we've missed or anything you want to bring up? Uh, just one transfer, I guess, is Andrea Bellotti, uh, who left Torino after being there for about 10 years or so, uh, on a free transfer to Roma to join up with Mourinho, uh, who will provide backup for Tammy Abraham. Bellotti, of course, has been a serial scorer in Syria. Uh, hasn't been great for Italy, even though he's played quite a few games for them, around 40 or so. Um, but he's got about one goal and three in, in Serie A, so it's a very sensible signing from the club. And uh, yeah, one to watch out for, and probably it'll help uh, Mourinho and uh, Roma in their sort of challenge for Europe and uh, the Serie A title. So as I've mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, in the background, we are working on a lot of projects and um, two of them, well, one of them has finished. Um, as you will probably see by the logo, um, all our branding has been updated. Um, yeah. And also with alongside that, we have now an updated website alongside a gossip page, which will be updated weekly. Um yeah, and there'll be a new article as well um, when this pod goes live with the Big Six's transfer windows looked at. Um, yeah. Yeah, and... absolutely. So, yeah, everybody keep uh, keep an eye out for, on the website uh, for the updates that are coming uh, and the, the article that's dropping soon. Um, got big ambitions for the, the whole pitch side of brand going forward. So yeah, keep an eye out on the on the social medias for, for further news. Yeah, yeah, but definitely a lot more um a lot more projects in the pipeline. So it'd be it's a good time to start joining the pitch either. Tell your friends. <laughs> but yeah, that about wraps up this week's podcast. Um I hope you've enjoyed it. Um yeah, our new website is the best place to get everything from new articles to gossip to the latest podcast episodes the it is the pitchsider.com um if you type it into google it is the top link um we also have transfers to keep up to date with the latest transfers for deadline day will be our socials on twitter and instagram which is the pitchsider um and yeah thank you for joining me toby been a pleasure it's been great mate thank you um and yeah and thank you to the listener and we'll see you next week and goodbye